leading a startup team, whether you're delivering a sugar rush, stocking coffee, or getting a regular delivery of snacks, Office Depot has solutions that fit every startup culture, from getting those first business cards and stationery to ordering fleece pullovers with your new logo. To learn how Office Depot and the California Technology Council have partnered to bring you savings on all of these startup essentials and more, go to californiatechnology.org forward slash member benefits. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. The start of the Trump administration, a new cabinet, and a new Congress are raising concerns within the scientific community about how the changes in Washington will affect the health of science and innovation in the United States. At issue is not only funding for research, but a range of policy decisions relating to everything from public health to climate change that some fear will not be informed by science. We spoke to Mary Woolley, president of Research America, about the new administration, why it's critical for scientists to become advocates, and the planned March for Science in Washington, D.C. this April. Mary, thanks for joining us. Glad to be here, Daniel. We're going to talk about science in America under the new Trump administration, the mobilization of scientists as advocates, and the planned Science March on Washington. Perhaps you can begin by explaining for listeners who may not be familiar with Research America what it is, how it's supported, what it does. Happily, uh, Research America, the nonprofit advocacy alliance that's working to make research for health a higher priority in this country and working in support of science more broadly as well. We have nearly 400 members who support us, and they're drawn from industry, academia, independent research institutes, scientific societies, patient groups, and foundations. And we work at what I think of as the intersection of research and advocacy, driving toward a more positive policy environment in which science can thrive and do all that it's capable of. So we advocate for robust, and sustained high funding for the federal health and science agencies. And we also advocate public policies that are intended to spur private sector innovation. And an example of that would be the final repeal of the medical device tax. We also worked very hard on the 21st Century Cures Act over the last couple of years. Um, I might say that we believe that industry plays a a valuable, in fact, an invaluable role in our research um, and delivery ecosystem uh, by bringing in life-saving therapies and state-of-the-art medical devices to patients who are waiting for them. Um, We believe that any conversation about achieving more rapid medical progress should always include 
the voices and participation of all the stakeholders. That includes patients, government, academia, and industry. It's always been our platform uh, that supports us, and we know from our commissioned public opinion surveys that the American public agrees that progress uh, in research, finding solutions to what ails us, is uh, a top priority. Uh, it's still early a days for the new administration. There's not been a lot of activity yet relating directly to science, although pronouncements that have been made, attitudes about government spending and the pliability of facts has caused alarm among some about how science will be viewed and funded in this administration. How much concern is there within the scientific community about how the new administration views science? Uh, well, I would say this, that for scientists who are feeling unsure about what the future of science Hold under the Trump administration, our recommendation is to act where each of us has agency. And we have agency um, as constituents of two senators and a member of Congress. That's true for everyone, except people who live in the District of, Com of Columbia, I might add. But it is very important, um, now more so than ever, perhaps, for scientists to connect to their elected officials to explain what they're doing in whatever sector they might work in, um, they're working in support of the public's interest to really underscore that. And to go on to explain why science is essential to our nation's security, health security, economic security and prosperity, and to our homeland security. It's also absolutely essential to advance evidence-based, fact-based decision-making about health, but also about climate change and drug pricing and a whole host of other issues. But it's really up to the scientists to work to create that productive dialogue and not take it for granted. Uh, this has always been true, not just at this time of, of what can feel like tumultuous transition, but scientists haven't always stepped up to be engaged. So. At this point, you know, we can be alarmed and build distance, or we can be engaged and build bridges. So I'm for bridges. Well, we not only have a new administration, but both houses of Congress are in the hands of the Republicans. How about from a funding point of view, how a U.S. science agenda is expected to fare? Well, um, a few things. Historically, when the... Um, presidency and both houses of Congress are in the hands of Republicans. It's been very healthy for um, biomedical research in particular and for science more broadly, uh, which is worth reflecting on. Um, we also uh, know and are very happy about the fact that there are key champions for medical and health research from both sides of the aisle in the Congress right now, um, and Congress Congress leadership hasn't changed a whole lot um, since the election, and it's been a supportive Congress over the last two years, the previous Congress, for science and for NIH. There's been problems, however, in making that support strongly vocalized, making it real through uh, budgetary increases, for example, and that is not about science uh, being outside the priority realm. It's been more about the um, 
gridlock within the Congress and the absence of action on appropriations, inability to get it across the, the finish line. So we really right now are urging the current Congress to complete the appropriation process for the year that we're already in and to move forward in, in terms of regular order on uh, the next year's appropriations process. But I want to emphasize for a minute here that we're not only about federal funding for research. We are also focused um, heavily on creating a broad policy environment and specific one when it comes uh, when it's on the table. But we want to make sure that policy environment is very much in the mode of the 21st century and which values innovation and incentivizing medical, uh, private and public uh, medical innovation and to ensuring that patients are involved from the get-go. Research America recently had a poll conducted that asked Americans whether the United States will be seen as a leader in science and innovation under President Trump. Less than half, 41% of respondents overall, believed it would be. There was clear division along partisan lines. But was this result either surprising or concerning? Well, I'd say it's not surprising at all that Republicans are significantly more confident in President Trump's leadership in all areas, including science and innovation. But we also know, and this part is um, surprising, I think, that we know from the same survey that the topic of research for health and achieving faster medical progress unifies Americans regardless of party affiliation. So 79% of Americans overall, that's a very strong majority, um, agree that it's important for the president to assign a high priority to putting health research and innovation to work to assure continued medical progress. And that's made up of 85% of Democrats, 79% of Republicans, and 72% of independents. That's very strong and actually surprising to us that it's so strong. This is a president who has indicated jobs in the economy will be center stage. Any sense on how he views science and innovation with regards to economic competitiveness? And is that a case that will need to be made to the new administration or Congress? Well, we have some early indications. So we know that the president um, has said in the run-up to the election over and over again that he wants a safer and more prosperous nation. And in his inaugural address, he talked about eliminating disease from the planet or words to that effect. And he has clearly demonstrated early on that he can and has acted quickly to embrace public, the public's hopes and expectations. But we think it's time for him to direct that kind of energy to achieving that conquest of disease, another high public hope and expectation, which sometimes is taken for granted um, far too often, I would say, but um, is just not achieving the goals that we all have for it at this point. So we are urging him to engage in substantive conversations with scientists inside, outside industry and academia, and with knowledgeable congressional champions who um, understand how smarter policies and more resources will add up to better treatment, cures, and prevention. Research America doesn't generally get involved in issues of visas and immigration, but as a nation, we've benefited from our ability to attract great minds from other countries to come to America to 
study and conduct research and fuel innovation. The Hill recently noted that all six American 2016 Nobel laureates announced to date were immigrants. Is there a concern about losing our ability to attract the best and the brightest? Well, first, let me say, Daniel, that I think they're talking about Nobel laureates in science, i.e. not Bob Dylan, but that aside. <laughs> Correct. Um, so true that the science Nobel laureates, and they all have been announced now, uh, were immigrant U.S. Uh, Nobel laureates. But I am concerned, and Research America is concerned, about the recent action by the Trump administration in banning immigration from some countries, it's already causing young researchers to rethink their commitment to pursuing or continuing a career in science in the United States. Some of them literally are unable to do so. And it's keeping scientists from other nations away from scientific meetings held here. And not just for, not just scientists from the countries immediately involved, but those who are protesting um, U.S. actions or intent. At the moment, we know that's on uh, a stay uh, because of the judicial inter, um, interdiction. Uh, so this has got to get resolved, and we have we must ensure that young scientists, in particular, have the opportunities they're trained for to contribute to faster medical progress. So we will continue to advocate for policies that embrace and support academic and industry scientists from across the globe. A lot of attention on the nomination of Congressman Tom Price to head the Department of Health and Human Services has centered on reform of the Affordable Care Act, but if confirmed, he will be overseeing the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the National Institutes of Health, among other agencies. What do you think Price will mean to government research or, or public health policy? Well, you're quite right that there hasn't been much attention in, uh, in to this aspect of uh, Mr. Price. It's Dr. Price, actually. I have to correct myself. Um, uh, views on government research or public health policy. But I will say this. Uh, his district in Georgia includes many constituents who work at the CDC. And we know that he has spent significant time at the agency and getting to know its leadership and being supportive. So he, he does know quite a bit about public health policy. Um, we also know that, uh, notice that during his hearings, he mentioned uh, about the importance uh, of NIH-funded research. But he didn't really go much into that. Uh, I will say that we're concerned about the future of the Prevention and Public Health Fund, which is authorized by the Affordable Care Act, and uh, this fund has already been tapped to pay for other kinds of legislation. And we're concerned it could be eliminated if the ACA is repealed. And that would be quite unfortunate as it supports community efforts to prevent disease and build healthier populations and doing so on a basis of evidence and science. We've seen the new president select Governor Rick Perry to head the Department of Energy, which oversees a, a set of national labs that have been responsible for groundbreaking biological research, including a, a key role in the Human Genome Project, and continues to perform important energy, environmental, and biological research. Any outlook there? Well, we're, we're hopeful that Governor Perry will champion those labs, which have uh, a 
have a long-standing crucial role in advancing the well-being of America and Americans. I also hope that he will appoint outstanding scientists to work with him. And in that same um, commission survey that we were talking about earlier, uh, we we saw that very strong majorities of Americans said they wanted scientists to play a major role in shaping policy in lots of areas. Energy, 75% said they wanted scientists shaping energy policy. The environment, another 75%. Education, 58%. Roads, bridges, and other infrastructure, 55%. Uh, national defense, 51%. And at the highest percentage for medical and health research, 83%. One of the things Research America has done is worked with scientists to become advocates. I, I think scientists generally prefer to do their work and let it speak for itself. Why is it important for scientists to be advocates? Well, let me first say that nobody's work speaks for itself. You know, never has, never will. Um, but it's important that scientists uh, be advocates for a number of reasons. First of all, because they haven't been um historically and as part of their regular activities, the scientists, the scientific enterprise in this country is essentially invisible. Only 19% of the public can name a living scientist, and a lot of the people they name aren't living, as a matter of fact. Um, only about 40% can name anywhere that medical or health research is conducted, anywhere. These are real signs of extreme invisibility, regardless of what people in the science community themselves may think. But there's another reason beyond just getting over being invisible and therefore being part of the conversation. But public engagement by scientists, we think, is a matter of accountability. It's critical for researchers to make it clear to the public and their elected representatives that they are serving the public's interest, and they want to be part of decision-making processes so that they can add value. Public supports that, if we, as we've discussed, and it will help policies be more exquisitely fine-tuned to accomplishing their goals, because it will build on what is known, i.e. an evidence-based, and identify what isn't known so we can put science to work to discover that. What do you think concerned scientists should be doing if they want to become active and adding their voice to policy debates? And what support does Research America provide scientists who may not be accustomed to stepping into that type of a role? Well, scientists should, we believe, as a matter of committed practice, regularly engage with non-scientific audiences. Um, that's the way we're going to help overcome science skepticism when it pops up um, in this nation. And it will continue to pop up in some form or another. Uh, the goal is to have it not last long when it does. Uh, we like to say to science that, you know, it's like those old cigarette warning labels, warning failure to be an advocate is hazardous to your career. Uh, maybe not your own personal career, although that could be true, but certainly to uh, the business of science overall. We have many resources on our website for scientists and others who want to be advocates. Uh, 
We also conduct training sessions and, in general, are always pointing out ways for scientists to engage with the public. Right now, we're encouraging involvement in the hashtag that's trending now on Twitter. It's um, hashtag actual living scientists. A wonderful way of putting a human face on the science, uh, act, the activities of science and making it clear that there's science going on all around us all the time. And it really does have value for our society. There's a planned march on Washington for science, which will take place on April 22nd, which is Earth Day. What kind of a message do you hope that sends to policymakers? Well, for starters, um, I hope that that is uh, not construed as a march on Washington. It's a march that will take place in Washington and a lot of other places around the nation. I think it's quite exciting to think that scientists and who typically uh, don't get much out of their labs and participate in, in demonstrations, but also people who care about science are going to be public about that fact. And I'm told that also there'll be participation by science museums, aquariums, planetariums, members of Congress may be engaged, um, zoos could be engaged, university extension centers, public spaces and industry, who knows, maybe at Disneyland and baseball parks, calling attention in a positive way to the fact that science is working for our society, helping find solutions to what ails us in so many ways, literally. Um, in our our own bodies, in our um, in our families, and among our friends, but also ailing our economy and potentially um, interfering with maintaining the security of the nation. We need a healthy nation. Nobody doubts that. So I hope that's the kind of message that policymakers hear and respond to. Mary Woolley, President of Research America. Mary, thanks as always. Great to talk with you, Daniel. All the best. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.